0: Hey, good morning, everybody. It's another great day to be alive and welcome to The Six Figure Pivot, the show dedicated to helping coaches and consultants earn six-figure profits. And we're going to be giving you expert business advice from CEOs and founders in 10 minutes or less. In today's episode, we're joined by Lori Zoss-Kraska. She's the founder and CEO of Growth Owl. She is a revenue generation expert with a focus in corporate sponsorships. If you want more business content like this, make sure you subscribe to the show and subscribe to the newsletter in the show notes below. Lori, thank you so much for being here. Let's just jump right into it. Let's do it. Lori, you're the CEO of Growth Owl. What is the company and how are you different from your competition?
1: So Growth Owl helps nonprofits, associations, other purpose-driven organizations connect with Fortune 1000 companies for corporate sponsorship, corporate funding, corporate philanthropy dollars. So I'm different and Growth Owl is a bit different because that is quite a niche. There are a lot of organizations out there that help with fundraising, that help with finding individual donors or help you with startup funding. I specifically just work in the lane of helping my clients connect with decision makers who have access to budgets to spend on sponsorship and funding.
0: Why did you create Growth Owl? What was the hole in the market that you noticed was there that you realized I can make a big difference if I start this company?
1: Yeah, so I spent just about 10 years with PBS and NPR, and a lot of people don't realize that they actually share resources, and as a shared resource with some of the stations I worked with, I had a team of eight people that we went out, and we found corporate funding for our stations, and I absolutely loved it. It was kind of my Super Bowl when I would go into these large boardrooms and and secure this funding, and I thought to myself, wouldn't it be great if we could take this same success and translate it to other types of purpose-driven organizations like nonprofits, startups, associations. And that's kind of how Growth Owl was born. So in 2018, I made the leap into entrepreneurship and it's been kind of gangbusters ever since. I I absolutely love what I do and really think it does fill a hole for a lot of people that have, have some trouble expressing themselves or having success trying to find funding from corporations.
0: What was the biggest difference that you noticed going from employee to employer and owner of your own company?
1: Well, I think that all accountability falls on you. Not that I wasn't you know, accountable in, in my previous positions, but the buck stops with you, number one. Uh, number two, though, I absolutely love the freedom that I have in terms of the clients that I can choose to work with. Or maybe some folks that might come to me and I could see that we might not be a good fit, but I could refer you to someone else. I love having that freedom that I can make those decisions where when you're working in a more traditional corporate setting, you're given a lot of initiatives that you just have to work with, whether you want to or not. So I think those those two areas I think are are really, are huge areas when you're thinking about considering entrepreneurship. But if you are, you just have to feel the fear and, and and jump jump past that snake, as I like to say. It's It's just a great feeling to be an entrepreneur. I love it.
0: How did you build your brand and get your first clients when you were just getting started?
1: So I really worked within my wheelhouse and my niche of where I kind of started my success. So my first initial clients were in the public media realm. And then I already had really good established relationships within some of these large Fortune 500s I had mentioned. So they already saw my credibility. They associated me with authority, with sponsorship authority. So that all really helped. And then I branched out into different types of nonprofits that were of particular interest to me. You know, I have a particular interest in small companion animal rescue. So I worked with some of them. And then just through case studies and through talking about success, I've been able to build through a network of referrals. So, but really start with, stick with your knitting. What are you, were you initially strong with when you were in your initial position? And that's a great place to start and build.
0: What is your strength as a CEO? And then also what about some of the weaknesses that you have and how do you account for that, especially in business when you're just getting started?
1: So I always knew that I was good with connecting with people. Uh, you know, my, my parents used to say I could be in a room as a two-year-old kid and I would find a way to connect. <laughs> so I've translated that into success because my whole business is about making connections, right, with, with these large organizations. So I knew that I could build my business and my success on that, which I have. What I also knew about myself is that I hate the minutia of the day-to-day, right? having to get the scheduling done or having to do research that might, have, that might need to happen for my clients. So I realized early on that I would be the type of person that would need to outsource some of those functions. And I always encourage entrepreneurs, just the question you ask, what are the things that you're really good at? Focus on that. And don't be afraid to let go of those things that you don't want to do. Like for me, I just, I don't really have the time to do some of the research that's involved in some of the work that we offer. So I outsource that out. I really stick on the the marketing, the the sales, for lack of a better term, and the relationship management part of what I do. And that's been very successful. And it's, it's not something that I, I think will change. <laughs>
0: you wrote a book called The Boardroom Playbook. What was the reasoning for you wanting to do that? And also, what are some of the takeaways you're hoping that the readers will get?
1: Yeah, so I would have a lot of people ask me what my process was. You know, Lori, how exactly do you do what you do? And that got me thinking, wow, I've never really put a name to it. And the only thing I thought to myself was my process is kind of like me, me, mo. And that stands for aligning your mental, your messaging, and your motion, your activities to get to your decision maker in order to get that funding or sponsorship you need. So it all started with that. And I'm big with mindset. You know what that that mental piece is so important. So if there's any real key takeaways from the book is you you have to have a positive mindset going in. You have to realize that you are one of literally thousands of organizations that are looking for funding or sponsorship dollars. And if you realize how how big that is for one decision maker who's looking through all of that, and you have empathy for that decision maker. That's really going to take you a long way. It's going to really bump you up that chain of all of those others because there's not a lot of people who have empathy for corporations, right? <laughs> so that that is really huge as well. Preparation and research. You have to go beyond just looking at an at a organization's website. You have to look at annual reports, ESG reports, DEI reports. Research your decision maker on LinkedIn. I mean, LinkedIn is such an amazing resource. There's no reason why you can't find out really good chunks of information about who you want to contact. And then finally, I would say, brevity will get you everywhere. Embrace brevity. The biggest mistake that purpose-driven organizations tend to make when they contact organizations, they say way too much. So my formula when you're sending out an email is to keep it to 150 words or less. Tell them who you are, what is the connection, why does your organization connect to theirs, and what is it you want? Do you want a meeting, do you want a phone call, do you want the ability to send information? You stick with that and you really stick with brevity, you are going to be a breath of fresh air for a very busy corporate decision maker.
0: You work with major Fortune 500 companies. What is the key to being able to build a long-term relationship as opposed to meeting somebody and then just having a one and done relationship where you're easily forgotten?
1: Well, obviously that takes trust and it takes time. I think you have to see parts of your business as a long game, right? It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. You know, there's a lot of social media out there about hacks and shortcuts. If you wanna do this right with relationship building, there are no hacks and shortcuts. You have to do the work to get to know people and they're gonna feel right away, especially the higher up you go into a Fortune 500, they can smell out a sneak right away. <laughs> so you have to put in the work to get to know people, and start with some small wins. When you when you are establishing goals and uh, you know different parameters for success of a program, start with some smaller achievable goals that you can then build into larger goals.
0: I have a few more questions, but I know that the greatest performers say leave the audience wanting more. So with that being said. Lori, where is the best place for people to be able to connect with you and be able to work together?
1: Thegrowthowl.com is my website. Also, check me out on LinkedIn, Lori Zoss Kraska.
0: Lori, this was so much fun. Thank you for being here today.
1: You're welcome.